All right, well, we're doing it. My name's Allison Voidovich. I am Allie Toons. Welcome back to All Is On with the Allisons. Allie Toons is definitely more the research type. I'm not an idiot, but she definitely prepared way more for this episode than me, so. <laughs> but the point of the podcast is that our name is the same. Hello, What's everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to All Is On with the Allisons. My name is yeah. Allison Voidovich. I am Allie Toombs. And we just crushed that intro. Yes, we did. And we sang. It was pretty great. You're welcome. Um, that's because we've been listening to ourselves. This is the first episode that we have recorded since we released officially on July 1st. So yay. Thank you for everyone for listening. Surprising amount of people have listened. I thought like it would just be my mom. <laughs> Allie was a people like while I answer or while I was editing and she goes, please just make sure I don't say anything that embarrasses me in front of my grandma. <laughs> Literally, literally my grandma is probably listening to this. Hi, grandma. I love you. You're wonderful. (laughs) But I was like, please make sure like Cody's parents are going to listen and like my mom and her friends are going to listen. I was like, oh my God. Um, I don't know. For those of you that listened to the first episode, the big joke running around was uh, that story of when I told my mom how Cody and I started dating (laughs) and (laughs) how I told her in the car like a year after that we met on a dating app and all everyone I know was like that story's hilarious if you know my mom (laughs) even remotely it's 100% accurate (laughs) because Cody listened too which was weird he was like you guys talk about me a lot I was like well you're the most important thing in my life so Um, Cody followed us on Instagram today so shout out to Cody for getting on Instagram to follow our (laughs) podcast if you if you look at Cody's Instagram it's literally the four photos he had on his Bumble account and then like two <laughs> photos I made him post and that's from the last seven years. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of our socials, Allie like took the time to write yes. intro for us because we have socials and all of our other episodes were like, we don't know. We have socials. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we don't socials. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we've officially released and like we have like 50 followers on Instagram. So you guys rock. You're my favorite people, including people we don't know. Yeah. I was like, damn, that's so cool. Um, so... Speaking of Instagram, follow us on Instagram, Allison Podcast, um, and it has our logo on it. You can follow myself, Toomsinator, uh, on Instagram. That's T-O-M-S-I-N-A-T-O-R. If you combine my last name, Tombs, with Terminator, <laughs> it's Toomsinator um, on Instagram. And then Allison is Alliwo, A-L-L-I-W-O. That is her personal handle. You can also email us at allisonpodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet Allison, because I don't go on Twitter. <laughs> you can tweet Allison at Allison underscore podcast. And then I think your personal Twitter handle is also Alliwo. The Alliwo, because some bitch stole Alliwo. The Alliwo. taking our Twitter Comedian- accounts. Comedians do that, though. Yeah, like, there's a lot of do the yeah yeah it's because we're unoriginal and someone already had our name. <laughs> well, I don't. I doubt someone has your. Someone Al- I doubt someone's named name. Allison Voidovich. Someone doesn't have my last name, but someone is close enough to my name that it's Aliwo. Which, like, by the way, total tangent. My friend 
he doesn't listen to this podcast if he does hi ryan um my friend ryan was like one of my best friends in high school and oh i know ryan yeah and my nickname was ali woe his girlfriend's handle and nickname name is ali flow oh my god that's hilarious (laughs) yeah when when we went to europe so my my instagram handle i think used to just be ali tombs and then i switched it up i think when we went to europe because i was like we had joked about having like the traveling Allisons and then mm-hmm. being like, oh yeah, Allie won't Allie too. So I was going to change it to Allie too. And hindsight's twenty twenty. I probably should have now that we're <laughs> doing this podcast, it'd be a little bit easier, but too bad. I've already committed. And when I change my name in October, it's still going to be Tombsonator. <laughs> um, I also realized that a lot of podcasts have like inside jokes with their audience. And I also acknowledge this is our ninth episode to record, <laughs> probably not to release, but ninth episode for us to record and I was like shit we don't have a name for our audience and you know what popped into my head immediately you're gonna appreciate this I hope it's the Allisons because that's what I thought (laughs) that's literally okay but what popped into my head first was like that Spongebob episode where everyone is named Squidward (laughs) and they're we're all Squidward (laughs) we're all Allison (laughs) like we're all Allison so it was like our listeners you're all named Allison now thank you for joining all is on with the Allisons you guys are included (laughs) oh that's so cute because it's like all is on with the Allisons the Allisons being the collective yeah all of us it's so great and I know like uh, when you posted on your Facebook there was another girl named Allison who commented and I was like you have to be a guest host a guest speaker yeah. she was like i don't know who you are but okay she's tight yeah her name's allison waddell she's like uh, one of the top trainers in austin she's really she could cool. be ali wa there we go <laughs> oh my gosh i need to she's... send her this clip just so she's like her to come on <laughs> i know she's gonna be like um why are you talking about me and i'll be like sorry you're the only allison that's reached out to us so far <laughs> um we do so appreciate good. the uh episode recommendations to uh cameron uh my friend cameron commented on our question the other day asking a really hard one he said we should talk about ethnic cleansing on the podcast <laughs> and i saw him the other day and he's like i was mostly kidding and i was like no i want to talk about it now <laughs> I have, because, you know, when we talked about our dark tourism episode, you know, I think this is partially our privilege and knowing a lot about white history, but not knowing a lot about other history, which we've talked about in many podcasts (laughs) thus Mm -hmm. far. Um, But I don't know a lot about like the genocide in Africa, which has killed just as many people as so many other large so many yeah so i i would like to do as dark as that is i would like to do an episode on it because i feel like it's our right to know Um, totally a couple episodes i have in the works uh give me some give us some time um as you know i'm more of the researcher allison just kind of adds (laughs) what did you say (laughs) on our intro stupid jokes i said i'm not not dumb but you studied more although the value i add is that i edit the podcast (laughs) which takes way longer than probably the research if i'm honest with you so it's um, a (laughs) 50 50 this will be a little bit different because the research that i want to get into most recently i bought a couple books on um racism and being white and stuff i bought white for Agility. I bought a book by Henry Louis Gates Jr., um, who I really like a lot of what he has to say. I posted those on our Instagram story. And then I also, one of the episodes I'm most excited about is I want to do a story on the Branch Davidians, which is a cult who many of the members were killed in a standoff in Waco in like the 1990s. 
Uh, I bought two of those books oh and I gosh. can't wait to read them. I was like, I'm ready to overthrow the government. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's go. I need to, I need to get those two. Actually. I'd like to read those before we do that podcast. Uh, that would be great. It's that'll probably be a while. Cause it takes me a while to get through books. So totally within the next year tentatively. Uh, and then uh, I really want to do my mom just recommended a documentary to me called athlete a, which is mm. a documentary on, Larry Nasser and the U.S. gymnastics team. Oh, shit. And I would really like to do, and I know this isn't a true crime podcast, but I'm fascinated by a lot of the stuff and I'm fascinated by like the government true crime interactions and mm-hmm. kind of the cover-ups and shit like that. Um, so I would really like to do an episode on that just so I could also know more of what happened because you know Larry Nasser's name. Yeah. But he had over 500 victims. Yeah, and you don't know really any of, I mean, you know, the ones that were, like, publicly against him, but there were nine, many that nine Olympians, you know? Nine Olympians, including Simone Biles and Michaela Maroney. Yeah, and uh, those, which are, is those, crazy are, me. those are only known because they're the high-profile ones. Again, exactly. like mentioned on here before, that's so strange about true crime is, like, we remember the killers, but not the victims, and that's, And know, that's tough. For a and multitude that, and, of reasons, but... And there is a multitude of reasons. I mean, Ted Bundy had over 30 victims that are known, and it's, yeah. it's tough to know 30 names. I also, um, think, I also think part of it, it, that's a good point, is just numbers. I also think part of it is, like, at what point are you just kind of, like, tainting that victim's memory to only be a victim of, exactly. you know? Because, like, all of those women had full lives before they were a victim of Ted Bundy, so it kind of also seems like a little... A, a way to like negatively impact their memory if you only remember them as remember them victims. as a victim yeah, yeah I, I agree with that too um it's interesting that you bring that up that comes into our topic today uh we are gonna do it's gonna be like not a heavy topic per se but just kind of like a, a topic that's super prevalent right now um we're gonna talk about i really liked the term i used uh planning events and promoting your business during COVID-19. So uh, the reason we're doing this is because I'm currently planning a wedding and it's been the most stressful thing ever. <laughs> um, and I was like, maybe other brides or other event planners out there, because I want to stress this, COVID-19 isn't going anywhere. Like I was, I saw a meme on Instagram today that was like, do you remember when we thought quarantine was only going to be a month? And I was like, yeah, I never thought that, but this is going <laughs> to be a multi-year thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also in the healthcare field, so I have a little bit more information. Um, but I wanted Allison, especially because Allison's business has actually been businesses. She is a um, entrepreneur in many senses, have been thriving during COVID nineteen. Would you agree with that? I agree. I have been able to pay myself more in a salary than ever before, um, only from my business now. Yeah, this um, bitch a, bought a weighted blanket. so to be clear i i do digital marketing and stand-up comedy and health coaching which sounds like i'm a psycho bitch which is true but like the thing to note with this is before covid19 i was making about half of my money from the digital marketing and the other half from the coaching and, and comedy and then when covid hit i lost half of my income because I was laid off from where I was coaching. Um, And then obviously comedy just doesn't fucking exist in real life right now. So, um, and this was also me coming off of a tour, which was like the most money I had ever made in comedy. (laughs) It was very nice to get that. It was very cool. Um, But I had, you know, a certain amount of money that I was predictably bringing in each month 
And quite honestly, like after comedy shows, sometimes I would go drive for Lyft because I'm a good Lyft driver. People tip me a lot. So it was like, you know, spend two or three hours after a show to make an extra one or 200 bucks in a weekend. Like, fuck yeah, I'm paying my car off, you know, (laughs) let's Mm -hmm. do this. Uh, Drive my car to pay it off. And um, so I I had like a predictable amount that I knew I was getting each month. And uh, COVID caused Austin, the city of Austin to close down. I was in Phoenix. My mom and I went on a trip Oh my God, that's right. Yeah, from Phoenix to Flagstaff. And it was like her birthday trip and stuff. And I had like bought a lot of it for her and everything. And um, we were in Phoenix the night that things really got bad and people actually started freaking out and closures were happening. And we got to Austin the next night and that was a Thursday night. And by Tuesday, so five days after that, the city of Austin had shut down. So we were like right, like the last couple of people that were really allowed to kind of do normal mm-hmm. travel. Um, and I say that because I had just spent all this money on my mom's trip. And then I get back expecting to be able to go like make it up driving Lyft and doing my comedy shows and coaching my classes. And I come back and I like almost just fucking bankrupted myself <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because I like lost all this money. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I prefaced that by saying, you know, I realized the situation, I had a feeling this stuff was going to last longer than we anticipated uh, initially. And, um, so I was just like, fuck it. Like, let's dive into this digital marketing thing. Like I was semi working from home all the time, but you know, I really wanted to fully be working from home all the time. So that way I could continue to travel or do whatever, like, especially if I opened for another comedy like tour, it just helps so much to have a remote job because then you can do your marketing during the day and then go do the show at night and like not have to take time off, continue making your money, whatever. Um, So, so I just was like, fuck it. Let's like see if I can pick up some more digital marketing clients. And it's not even like I did any extra research really. It was just like, I put that intention out there and I started doing some of my like fitness classes online. And now I've signed my biggest client ever for digital marketing. And I've grown this cool, like fitness community on Facebook for online Mm -hmm. classes. And I'm fully working from home now and able to make up for all of the money that I lost income wise, you know, before all of this hit. So that's kind of the, the long, long short of <laughs> why we're talking about this from that angle. Um, yeah. 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 And I, and from a planning an- angle, I just wanted to say like some of the things that I've experienced and um, recommendations that I have just from the process that I'm going through. Cause again, I want to stress, I have a little bit of background information on COVID-19 that I want to go into. Um, but this isn't going anywhere anytime soon. This isn't like, oh, well, whatever. I mean, in some people's eyes, maybe because they've kind of stopped caring. They're like, oh, it's going to go away. But like this COVID-19 is here to stay. It's yeah. the new flu. It's it's not the new flu, but it's, it's going to be as prevalent as the flu. Um, and yeah, so that's pretty much it. That, that's the background of what this story is. So a little bit, I do want to preface this as, as well, I really want to do an in-depth COVID-19 episode where I talk about my experience as a nurse during COVID-19, um, the research that I'm seeing on my end, the experience that, that we're seeing with kids, uh, all of this stuff I want to talk about in an episode we're recording later this week, but I wanted to do kind of like a helicopter uh, of what COVID-19 is. So from the CDC, 
COVID-19 is an extent is a new strand of the existing coronavirus family. Um, coronavirus has been around forever. It causes mild illness like the common cold. The first outbreak was in Wuhan, China, China, excuse me, in December 2019. Uh, how does it spread? So COVID-19 spreads through respiratory droplets when a person coughs, sneezes, or talks. This is where the debate with masks kind of comes yes. in. Um, so other conditions that are spread through coughs, sneezes, and people talking is the flu, uh, RSV, which is some, something synctal virus. Um, maybe <laughs> a lot of babies get RSV. <laughs> uh, and then rhinovirus, which is another strand of like the common cold, that's uh, when along with a bunch of on your nose. Yep. That's exactly what rhinovirus is. I've mm. actually 1000% gotten rhinovirus from a patient. Oh no. 1000%. I'm. I, I guarantee it. it was the patient that made me pick you nurse because she tried to die on me. And I was like, something's going on. This kid is too sick for her to just be a post-op. Like something's going on. And I kept telling the docs, kept telling the docs. And they're like, no, 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 no. Uh, and the next day I came in, she was like way super sick. And she ended up testing positive for rhino. And then I was sick for two weeks. <laughs> oh my goodness. No. I was like, I knew it because we used to have, because of shortages, we've had to back up on stuff, but we used to wear a lot of PPE. Anytime a patient tested positive for anything, we wore a gown, mask, gloves. That was like the standard. Um, and then if a patient tested positive for like tuberculosis, we wore an N95 mask. And now N95 is kind of like, uh, not a trigger word, but like a word that you hear all the time now, because they're saying, and N95s are what you need when you aerosolize a procedure, but the research is showing that just a regular face mask, a surgical mask for healthcare protect healthcare providers, uh, mm -hmm. unless you are doing an aerosolized procedure like intubating or IPV or whatever, um, right. is effective. Yeah. So anyway, there's some there's some background on that. So why is COVID nineteen so dangerous? Uh, Many carriers, up to 40% was the statistic or edited air asymptomatic. What does that mean? You could be sick and be spreading it and not know it. So how COVID-19 differs from like the flu, because a lot of people like to compare them, is COVID-19, generally the incubation page, so when you're contagious, when the virus is multiplying in your body and then it, you, have, but you haven't gotten sick yet, is five to six days, but can be up to 14 days in one in 100 COVID cases, mm. whereas... The flu is generally one to three days and then you get okay. sick. So you're exposed yeah. and then usually within 24 hours. Like, have you ever gone to like a party or something when you're a kid and like one kid has the stomach flu and then a day later, all the other kids have the stomach flu or like every kid is out in a classroom within a week of, you know, one virus. That's because the, that's because the incubation period is really short. Yeah. Yeah. My mom used to, my mom still makes the joke a lot of the time when, when I was younger for a long time, my dad was not based in Austin, like for work, like he had offices in other cities. So he was just out of town most of the time. Um, and <laughs> my mom talks about all the time when my brother and I were like, especially in elementary school, my dad would like be traveling. He'd pick something up, he'd come home and get sick because when you're, when you're stressed, like if you're 
Mm -hmm. If you're working and you're stressed, you're less likely to actually get sick because your immune system kind of turns off when you're high stress. So you get home, that's when your immune system turns back on. That's when you get sick because your body's like, ah, there's shit in here. Get it out. Make them sick. You know, so they slow down and get it out. So my dad would like come home and get sick and then he would get me and my brother sick and then he'd go out of town Mm -hmm. again. (laughs) And my mom would always like be on the phone with him like, if you're sick, don't come home. (laughs) I just want these kids better again. (laughs) It's so funny that you say that because I used to make a deal with God every year in college and be like, because I, I pretty consistently get sick in the winter. I'd be like, please let me get through finals and then I can be sick. Like, yeah. let me get through finals and then I can be sick. And every single time I made it through finals and then I got home and I was sick all over the break. It's literally a stress response. We've talked about that in the self-care episode a little bit. Like mm-hmm. your body, I mean, so when you're stressed and you're like constantly pumping out that cortisol, your body literally says, I can't deal with this other bullshit right now. I'm just gonna focus on whatever this person's stressed about. It's like, it's the same reason why women will experience like skipped periods or men like won't like feel sexual at all when they're really stressed it's like they literally like the body turns off certain functions including clearing Mm. of viruses so you can literally like pick up viruses and have them in your body and your body just doesn't do anything to clean them out until your stress level gets below a certain point and then it's like red alert there's shit in here get it out turn Mm -hmm. the fever on like burn them off and yeah so that's like a very common thing to finish a semester and you get home for the holiday and you're sick the whole time and it sucks (laughs) that's so interesting I that science makes total sense but it like never connected to me I thought it was just this great bond I had with God (laughs) or whatever (laughs) higher power (laughs) whatever higher power I believe in I was like oh please I just need to make it through these six vitals (laughs) and then I can sleep for like a month (laughs) yep But why is COVID-19 so dangerous? Basically, the stuff we've kind of already talked about. You can infect others and not even know that you have it. Um, and this, the symptoms and the disease process is killing everyone of all ages. I think when, I think people are kind of minimizing the effects by saying, oh, only the old and the vulnerable are, are uh, affected. But that's right. not the case. Lots of young, healthy people are dying from it, um, as well as the older population as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some symptoms of COVID-19? Fever, cough, fatigue, aches, sore throat, running nose, loss of taste or smell, and then nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. But we're seeing a lot of other random symptoms too. Um, uh, we actually had a bunch of people at work who ended up getting it. And they, they had just come back from being off like a month. And they were like, oh, the worst thing was the aches. <laughs> oh, they were like, the okay. aches were unbearable, which is really interesting because I hadn't heard that. I had heard, oh man, like the coughing's bad or, you know, you feel like you can't catch your breath. I've, I've heard all of that stuff, but I hadn't heard that the aches were so bad. But three people were like, oh yeah, the aches are unbearable. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I have coffee. Um, another thing. So flu versus COVID-19 is really interesting because they're, they're compared a lot, but the big changes between COVID-19 and the flu is the loss of taste or smell. And then the cough, it's a dry cough usually with COVID-19. Like you don't get many boogers out when you cough. Um, Why is it so serious? It's causing pneumonia. It's causing acute respiratory distress system. um, Acute respiratory distress syndrome, ARDS, uh, which is basically, so when you look at an x-ray, your lungs should look black. 
Mm-hmm. And when you have ARDS, your lungs look white. It's just all Ooh. scar tissue. Um, and that's what's happening in patients with COVID-19. Their lungs are just completely shot. A lot of people have to like end up needing transplants because even though they don't have COVID-19 anymore, their lungs are done from the virus. Wow. Um, your lungs obviously oxygenate the rest of your body. So if your lungs aren't working, you're going to have worse cardiac output. So you're going to see things like um, coagula. coagula I cannot say this word. Coagulation. It's, so it's coagulopathy. Oh. Which basically, pathy means issues with in right. Latin. And then coag is, is blood, uh, right? Is, is the, basically how your blood does its thing. Well, <laughs> so like, well, coagulated blood is like the blood that's kind of clumped up and gross and like jello-y after it's been Correct. out of the body for a while. So when it coagulates, that's what causes scars. You know, if you have a cut, it coagulates and then hardens. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So does that just mean like it's issues with the hardening of the blood or just yes. issues with blood so behavior? It can cause something called DIC, which I'm going to look up what that stands for because I don't remember. Um, from nursing school, disseminated intravascular coagulation. So basically when your body, DIC is really serious because basically, sorry, I'm going to explain it the best that I can for Mm -hmm. like not medical language. Basically your body starts to coagulate in ways that it shouldn't. So when you should be, let's say you get cut. Let's say you have um, an IV. Let's say you're in the hospital and you're really sick. You have an IV and you're in DIC Mm -hmm. where the IV should be clotted. So there's not things leaking out of the IV. You're just constantly bleeding because there's just no factors. The the process is inaccurate. Um, And those leads to things like clots in your brain, in your heart, in your lungs. Um, And that's where we're seeing a lot of issues in this. That's why... um, that's why I suspect there's a famous Broadway actor. Do you know his name who just passed away? He just died. Yeah. Frick. I don't remember his name. I'll look it up. People are screaming at me, but yeah, I he know. just passed away. He just passed away from, and I think what's important to stress is he passed away from complications of COVID-19. So yes, he died from COVID-19, but not like, you know, he ended up because of the uh, issues with his lungs had to be placed on something called ECMO, uh, which is basically a heart lung bypass machine. Mm. It's what I call a Hail Mary. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically the last thing we do before you die because ECMO is very serious. It can cause clots. You know, if you code on ECMO, you can die. You can herniate. I mean, there's just a million and one things that can go wrong when you're on ECMO. It's really, it's really a Hail Mary. It can save lives and it has saved Mm. the lives of some people. Um, who were affected with COVID. That actor's but. name is uh, Nick Cordero. Nick Cordero, um, yes. Um, yeah. Um, he, he lost a leg. I don't know he if He lost a that. leg first. Yeah, he was sick for 95 days. I know, his wife. Um, they have a son named Elvis. He's a beautiful family. Doing. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, too, it's interesting. Like, I'm glad that you pointed out, like, that specific clotting condition because it's not just – it sounds like it's it describes – both ways like it thins your blood in some areas where it shouldn't but it also can cause clotting internally which that's exactly dangerous. that's exactly why it's so dangerous is, yeah. is the clotting cascade which is when you have all the factors one through nine in your blood and then you have the cascade system and that's how you clot i know nurses out there are like we get it and everybody else is like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> <Right>. about <laughs> um, and that's a very like basic explanation um but basically there are issues in that cascade process so things are going haywire and 
you could be bleeding out of one organ and completely clotted off in your brain. It's, mm-hmm. it's so dangerous and so scary. And DIC can kill instantly because the clots don't just go, you think your lung, your heart, and your brain, but your heart and your kidneys are closely affected. So we're seeing a lot of um, acute kidney injury and chronic kidney, kidney injuries. Mm-hmm. We're seeing hepatitis in these patients, basically multi-system organ dysfunction and multi-system orient, organ failure from the side effects of COVID-19, mm-hmm. which in some cases can't happen with the flu, but it's happening more frequently with COVID-19 and more people are getting it and are getting sick. So that's why COVID-19 is so dangerous is because such a large influx, we, we're prepared for people to get these symptoms from the flu, right. but we're, because it's not quite as, it's not that peak, it's not as high, but mm. so many people are getting it from COVID-19 that there's, we're running out it's not that, because I know um, a lot of people bring up ventilators, right? That was the big issue uh, in March, is that we were going to run out of ventilators. Right. And uh, there's a speech in which President Trump says, hey, we have ventilators. Everybody keeps talking that we're running out of ventilators, but we have ventilators. But right. what we don't have is ventilator tubing. <laughs> we can't mm. reuse tubing for all the patients, because if there's COVID-19 in the tubing, but you have an intubated patient from a heart procedure, you don't want that patient getting COVID-19. Yeah. So, uh, you know, things like ventilator tubing or oxygen tubing. Um, Another thing that we're running out of is something called complete renal replacement therapy or CRRT. It's basically when it's continuous dialysis. So when your kidneys officially stop working, you go on CRRT. Generally at that point, you're you're intubated, you're on pressors, you're you're sick as fuck. And that's that's what's happening to these patients. But the issue is, is that there's so many of them that we're running out of machines, we're running out of spaces. In um, Arizona ICUs, ICU generally should be one to two patients, if not one to one patients, if not two to one patients. Circuit, um, as as far as how many nurses are like, how many, how many nurses to a patient. So if you're on ECMO or on circuit CRRT, you could have three nurses to one patient. It just depends on the situation, but now they're splitting ECMOs between two nurses. So like one nurse will watch two ECMO machines. So they're super overworked basically. Yes. Yeah. And regular ICU patients, which should be two to one intubated or not are now we're having situations where it's three patients to one nurse and sometimes we're giving meds every hour sometimes we're you know a patient sats are in the 40s and your other patient sats are in oxygen saturation is in the Mm -hmm. 50s you know that's super low you want your oxygen saturation to be like 98 (laughs) greater greater than 90 yeah um, (laughs) with some patients with chronic conditions being greater than 80 if you have a heart condition sometimes it's greater than 60 Mm -hmm. Uh, welcome to the crazy world of uh chronic heart disease (laughs) congenital Mm -hmm. heart disease and that's why those i don't work with those patients they're scary um i just work with the sick kids a lot lot less scary (laughs) oh i work with the sick kids but not the sick heart kids got it we have a whole cardiac intensive care unit which is a completely different world yeah totally different um so it's it's not necessarily the disease itself that's scary it is because we're seeing so many random things that we've never seen before um there's something called misc that's affecting uh children uh Mm -hmm. i don't even know what it stands for hold on one second misc covid miscellaneous covid is what it just sounds like like that's why they named it misc like (laughs) i should really i should know this because we've talked about it many times 
I do have one question about yes. some other stuff too. Uh, for did, sure. Did you want to talk on, about MISC first or do you want to? I just wanted to say it was something that kids are getting. Multi-system infl- inflammatory syndrome in kids. It's after they already have COVID-19 mm-hmm. and basically all the things that we already talk about, their body goes into. They go into DIC, they go into sepsis. They have this inflammatory response, but it's after they have COVID, which is really interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's why this is so serious. But yeah. what question did you have? Um, this might be a better question for the actual COVID. <laughs> this is not even supposed to be our actual COVID episode. Uh, we'll probably just make it two parts. Um, mm-hmm. cause we, we are going to get into like the positives and like ways that things can be managed effectively Indeed. and safely. Um, in the second part of this episode, the last thing I want to hit on as far as the disease goes right now is, um, it seems that the news is giving a lot of information and possibly not delivering it in the most accurate way possible. And I say that because there was a point where the news was saying something like, oh, the reason COVID is killing people is because it's putting their immune systems into overdrive and it's their immune system that's killing you and da da da. And like, kind of that's how it works but like the way you phrase that is making it sound like if you have a strong immune system you're more at risk which is not the case you know so the the one that i heard most recently which i think we should just do some research on to see if there's any accuracy and if anyone Mm -hmm. listening knows anything please let us know but the one that i heard this week was um if you have pre-existing conditions the reason that covid is so dangerous is because it actually exacerbates those conditions which to me i'm like isn't that how most viruses are though because like if you already are diabetic for example covid's hitting you really hard if you already have heart problems it hits you really hard or lung Mm -hmm. like it seems like it's affecting the weakened part already but in my opinion i'm like well you probably already had antibodies in that organ if it's fucking up so then Mm -hmm. you get this virus on top of it of course that organ's just going to respond extra hard because that that organ was already fucking up and the body was trying to help it and then now it's got a virus in it too and so the body just probably is attacking that area thinking it's that area's fault yes and i i do agree with that sentiment 100 so um what we are seeing though is it's you know one thing that we're noticing in our field, and again, I work in a pediatric ICU, so I work with like sick children, is that sometimes patients are getting diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Like it throws, they get sick from, so type 1 diabetes you can prevent. It's genetic. It's genetic, 100%. It's where your body... And I rarely say that about diseases, by the way. Type 1 is, you can't prevent it. <laughs> no, you're, you're literally born with type 1. And sometimes yeah. you develop type 1. I had a friend who developed type 1 diabetes when she was like 19. Yeah. And I had a, I, I had a patient uh, within the last couple of years who was two and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it just... It's totally it's an autoimmune. It's an autoimmune condition to the fullest. Type two, yes. like obviously, you can prevent in a lot of ways. Even 100%. if you're genetically predisposed to it, you can avoid getting it with lifestyle choice. Type one, it's like Indeed. your body's just pissed. One hundred percent. So yeah, basically, in type one, your pancreas doesn't create insulin, and in type two, your body becomes sensitive to insulin. Insensitive, insensitive to insulin. Yeah. Yes. So in type one diabetes, basically, your pancreas is like, I don't want to produce insulin anymore, and then insulin's what give breaks down the sugar in your body to energy Mm -hmm. so um when you have type 1 diabetes basically your blood sugar spikes to like four or five hundred normal blood sugar being between 80 and 120 Uh, and then your body starts to break down fat for energy because it's essentially starving yes uh, because but it should be but there's no insulin to 
there's no insulin to break down the food that you're eating. Yeah. Um, so it starts to break down fat and that leads you to go into something called diabetic ketoacidosis, um, which is interesting because you work a lot with keto. The keto so yeah, diet. I wanted to make a point with that really quickly. So, uh, and then I promise we'll get to what we said we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, so the thing, the best way I've learned it to be described is like, if you look at a cell as a house and the sugar is the person trying to get into the house. The person needs a key to get into the house. The sugar needs a key to get into the cell. The key is your insulin. The insulin mm -hmm. kind of helps as a way to get the sugar into the cell so the cell can use it for energy. Mm -hmm. What happens when your body is resistant to insulin is your pancreas can be pumping out insulin to bring it into the cells but your cells are like the key is not working. It's like someone changed the lock on the on the on the door on the house, and the more and this is caused by if you're eating so much sugar or carbs. Carbs convert to sugar in the body. You eat so much sugar that the body is like shuffling as much sugar into the cells as possible. The cells will literally change their own lock on their door because they're like, fuck you, there's too much sugar in me. So they block the sugar. They don't accept the insulin, and that is what insulin resistance is is the cells are basically mm -hmm. like we're maxed out on sugar on the inside of us stop trying to give us more sugar and so the body the pancreas doesn't know that the cells are saying no thank you to the sugar and the insulin so the pancreas just starts cranking out more insulin so mm -hmm. you've got type 2 diabetes it's just like fuck we'll just give you more keys and then that'll open the door um so then um, the cells have like changed the lock on their door. And then when they do need the energy, the insulin no longer works to shuffle the, the sugar into the cell. Yes. And so then the cells send out a stress signal like this person's not feeding us. We can't get any sugar when in reality you're eating just as much bullshit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, so the, the cells are sending out a stress signal like because they think that they're starving when you have a super high blood sugar. And so that's what the di diabetic ketoacidosis is, is your body then starts tapping into its own fat cells and releasing ketones into the body because the cells mm -hmm. will accept those as a form of sugar mm -hmm. um, and burn them just like their sugar. And since they're shaped differently, the cells will let those in somewhat. Um, but basically diabetic ketoacidosis is classified as high blood sugar at the same time as high blood ketones, which basically means your cells are not using either of them for energy. Um, and so a lot of people were scared of that when the keto diet came out at first, because you want to get into ketosis, not ketoacidosis, ketosis. Mm -hmm. Um, the difference there is that when you're in ketosis from a keto diet, you don't have the high blood sugar coupled with the high blood ketones. Mm -hmm. So it's basically like you're trading out, um, the sugar, for the ketones as fuel. So you're actually eating so little carbs that you don't have really any blood sugar and you are tapping into your fat cells and or using the fat that you eat to convert to ketones and then burn in this in the cells. Um yeah, that's the that's the short-ish <laughs> version of it. But yeah, diabetic ketoacidosis basically means there's just fuel everywhere and your body doesn't know how to use any of it. And that is very dangerous. <laughs> yes. And two little caveats I want to add is one, uh, I loved your analogy with like the key, the mm -hmm. insulin being the key. Um, but in type one diabetes, your body stops making the keys. Exactly. It's not that you have too many keys. It's that that's type two diabetes. I was describing you. type two. Yeah. Yes. And in type one, your body just stops making keys. It's like, we're yeah. done. You're like, your, your, your um, pancreas is 
it's autoimmune. It stops making it. And, and then when boom. we say autoimmune, that the the easy definition of something that's autoimmune is it's like the body attacking itself. Yeah. It doesn't even exactly. know why necessarily, but like autoimmune. It's generally is, genetic. Yeah. Yeah. The body doesn't know why it's attacking its organ. It just, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, gets a message that this part of the body is a foreign invader, attack it. And it's basically the immune system making And it. many things are autoimmune. Lupus, hypo and hyperthyroidism. Celiac I mean, counts as autoimmune. Celiac. I mean, there's a shit Hashimoto's, ton of diseases. Yeah. Yes. Hashimoto's is a type of uh, hypothyroidism that is yes. often misdiagnosed because doctors don't believe in women. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I also, second caveat I wanted to say is that um, diabetic ketoacidosis generally happens in type 1 diabetics and diabetic hyperglycemic hyperosmos osmolar syndrome or HHS generally happens in type 2 diabetics. Um, Very similar disease processes um, but one is due just like you said to there being too many keys and the body becoming uh, insensitive to it and the other is due to there being no keys Mm. um, or no insulin. So very interesting. I I am very fascinated by diabetes. I really enjoy taking care of patients that have diabetes. I think it's mm-hmm. very interesting. And we get diabetic. I would say we have a diabetic patient on the unit at least every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, usually it's type one um, yeah. because we work That's with what kids. kids have. Yeah. But uh, this long tangent was basically to say that the illness is causing kids who are already predisposed to get like their body was already ready to give type one diabetes, but it's throwing them into it. But ge- generally illness not just COVID-19, but like you can throw yourself into DK when you're sick because your sugar goes up when you're sick because your body is trying to use more energy to get rid of the illness. Mm-hmm. So your blood sugar is going to spike. So if you already have type 1 diabetes, that's going to throw everything into whack. Yeah. So anyway, basically, why does this matter? Why, why, does, COVID ni- why, is COVID, why does COVID-19 matter? Um, <laughs> it doesn't. Fuck that guy. <laughs> why does it matter, right? Uh, why, why are we social distancing? Why are we wearing, why are we staying six feet apart? Why are we wearing masks? Why are, why are there no concerts? Um, so like, you know, we say that, but it's like the point of this episode is to talk about like all of the good things that can happen out of it. Yes. And how you can, how you can adjust your life in a positive way to still do things that you enjoy doing. Right. Sorry, I'm having coffee and it's making me burp per usual <laughs> on this podcast. Um, so I did a couple statistics. I'll get into more statistics with our next episode. Um, 9.6% of people getting tested in the United, United States um, are positive. So that's of, the, of people getting tested, not including all asymptomatic people that are not getting tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some quick math and 5% of our patient population is uh, positive. I don't wow. know about other hospitals, but that's my personal, that's my personal hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, about for the current statistic, and I've seen anywhere from 1.3% to 10% of patients with COVID dying. I think it depends on your region, your age, um, it's very important to stress that non-Hispanic whites are not dying at the frequency that Hispanics, um, black people, and particularly the Native American population yeah. is getting affected by COVID significantly more than non-Hispanic whites. So four point, about 4.2% of COVID patients are dying from COVID um, And I did some math in the United States. I don't understand how this makes sense, but somehow it's about a 2% death rate. But I think that's just right now um, and not like the total. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to do like a quick explanation. Um, If you have a 150 person wedding indoors, no masks, 
people are living the normal lives like we did before and so one person is an asymptomatic carrier 50 people could potentially end up getting COVID-19 a week later and based on the statistics five will be hospitalized and one will die wow so just think about that that's because I had a 150 person wedding yeah and I just couldn't imagine being like oh you know, because I want to party, I'm going to let so one person at my party die. That's terrible. That's just a, that's just American roulette, baby. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and if you were to expand the numbers, uh, if you have a 15,000 person concert, uh, which is, I don't, I don't know how big concerts are. Like I'm very bad at judging how many people yeah. are in a space. I mean, like, our like venue that we both know is like the Frank Irwin center in Austin. I'm trying, I don't, I don't even know. How, I don't even know how many people fit in there, dude. Yeah, that's no a idea. few. It's at least a few thousand. I'm gonna to give you up. an idea, uh, we went to I went to ACL in 2014, and my mom was like, "How many people were at ACL this year?" I was like, "I don't know, probably about 80,000." And I looked, and it was 800,000. 800,000. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Frank Irwin Center. Frank Irwin Center in Austin is almost 17,000 seats. So okay. it would be like a, a full Frank Irwin Center. Concert. And that and that's uh, Frank Irwin Center for those not from Austin's like a basketball arena. That's where UT plays. That's where UT. It's also where I saw like Michael Bublé a couple years ago. A lot of like big performers go and perform at the. It's it's mm -hmm. an indoor arena essentially. Um, so that's about. I'm gonna round it down to the numbers I have. So like, yeah. if you go to a fifteen thousand person concert and ten people are asymptomatic carriers, five hundred people will get COVID, fifty will get hospitalized, and five will die. And that that doesn't even account for like people with comorbidity. This is just a general statistic. Like, yeah, it doesn't count. It could be a hundred people die because. It was a Michael Bublé concert and everyone was over the age of 60 except for me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, that's something to consider as well. So that's why um, Dr. Fauci and a lot of other scientists are saying social distance, stay home if you can, because just like I mentioned earlier, yes, a lot of the times we could save these people, but if we have no nurses, doctors, or machines to do so, people are just going to die. And that's, yeah. we're hitting emergency situations in Arizona, where we're starting to pick who lives and who dies. Um, just like Italy did, just like yeah. New York did. And, and we're hitting that here in July of uh, 2020. So anyway, that's why I wanted to talk about why it's important to consider these things while planning an event or promoting your business during COVID-19. Yes. So I've talked a lot. So I want Allison to talk about um, promoting her, like promoting what you do and give some examples of what you've done and what you recommend for other people who maybe um, are out of work right now, but are trying to expand and continue to do something uh, during this time of COVID-19. Yeah. I mean, damn, where do I start? So I guess like the first thing to say is like, if you've lost your job because of this, I apologize. And, um, you know, it fucking sucks, but there's a couple of ways that things can be gone about to change that. Um, plenty of my friends, uh, were in service industry of some sort. And, you know, I consider personal training a service industry, like, you know, maybe they were, um, like owners of a gym or they were owners of like, like I have a friend who's an acupuncturist, like all of those are, even though they're like, they can charge more for their time than say like a waiter, a waiter or a waitress, like it's still all service industry. So any of my friends, anywhere from like that type of service to waiting tables to lift drivers, all of those, um, you know, a lot of them are on unemployment now. And, you know, if, if nothing else out of this, like, 
I think it's awesome that we have been able to have so many people have access to unemployment and like, you know, at least be able to cover their base expenses. Um, and if you are not already on unemployment and you're just burning through savings right now, like there's no shaming going on unemployment for a little while. <laughs> like no, none of us could have, you know, I wanted to say that cause like none of us could have predicted this and like, you got to pay the bills. Uh, don't put yourself into like financial distress because of this, because the government is being way better about it than I think I probably expected them to have been as far as getting people their unemployment payments. Um, so I wanted to say that. Um, mm -hmm. And that being said, a lot of my friends who are on unemployment are using this as like a really productive time. You know, um, if you did lose your job, this is the time where you can kind of like self-evaluate and be like, mm -hmm. what am I good at? What do I want to do? You know, are there some skills that I have that I want to flesh out a little bit and then maybe start a new career? Like mm -hmm. everyone's going to understand if you want to start a new career, this gap in your employment, like right now, everyone's going to understand why you weren't employed for a few months. If you're unemployed right now, it's okay. <laughs> um, so my first thing is like, if you're in that situation, figure out like some new skills you can learn, figure out someone you can contact, you know, if it's a thing where maybe you can't afford a course, but you can find someone that you really want to have a career like reach out to them because they're probably going to accept mentorships. They might accept interns. Like maybe you won't make that much money on it, but you'll learn a lot and you'll have a really cool way to come out of this and find a new career. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing I wanted to say is like, more companies are open to remote work than ever because they realize it's required. <laughs> um, so it's a really cool time for you to consider like the possibility of working remotely and understand that like, this is a very real thing that you can do. And um, just know that when you're searching for a new job, like see if you can just maintain that remote work relationship, even after things quote unquote, go back to normal. Um, I think this is a really cool opportunity time for people to start having that freedom and companies to start trusting their employees more to get their shit done, even if they're not in the office. Um, so there's that on a more personal story level. Um, I would say some of my marketing clients got really creative with ways that we were still able to promote our services ethically through this time. I saw mm -hmm. a lot of really bad marketing <laughs> from companies that were trying to be relatable, but still sell their stuff. And it's like, bro, you just can't do that right now. <laughs> um, so if you're Which, in a, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that reminds me of how like a lot of you'd mentioned in our, um, Juneteenth episode, how a lot of social media platforms were like trying to promote that movement as well, but we're like, kind yeah, of failing, <laughs> kind of failing. And, and it's interesting. Cause like you see, you know, there's so many commercials on TV now or on Facebook or social or the radio or whatever it is that wherever you get your media, like there's so many commercials talking about the new normal and like all this stuff. And it's just like, okay, like, yeah, we like don't want to be dumb and just ignore the situation, but like find creative ways to pivot. So like if you're mm -hmm. already happy with what you're doing for work, or maybe you also have like your own business or you're like me and you have a, you know, some sort of freelancing type thing going on, like just be aware of the surroundings when you're approaching people. If you're trying to get a job, like understand, like, you know, be like authentic in your communication and in your connections. Mm -hmm. And, um, more specifically, like if you are selling something like for me with the training stuff, for example, 
I started a free Facebook group. I do three donation-based workout classes a week because I genuinely was just like, people need to be exercising. If they're at home, they're not going to think to exercise. And exercise is like one of the easiest things you can do to boost your immunity. So I was like, I'm going to make it no excuses. Like you can literally come to every single one of my classes for free and that's fine. Um, Mm -hmm. So finding ways to like be valuable to people in that way is really good. Um, and then as far as like, you know, other, other promo-y things, I know the dating app that I'm involved with, I got involved because of COVID. Like they at, looped me in to do a live stream virtual dating show. We were literally able to bring together people who had never met before. And now there's like several really awesome relationships that were formed from that, just from video calls and, and, and audio calls on a like virtual show. What is that um, called in case people are interested? That show is called Pandemic Love, and it, we aren't running it anymore, but you can still watch the replays at jointheround.com slash pandemic love. Uh, we did like 14 seasons or something. And mm. um, yeah, it's it was just really cool. But like, I, I feel like I'm just kind of ranting now. But uh, <laughs> the last thing I want to say is like, I think so many people right now are feeling like they lack and this is totally stolen from the guy who owns the round, Zach Kassler. Um, a lot of people have lost ritual and connection and purpose with all of this hitting. Mm-hmm. And, and when we say ritual, we mean anything from birthday parties to holiday celebrations to that bar that you go to every Thursday night with your coworkers. Um, mm-hmm. Those are all ritualized things, including mm-hmm. weddings and like all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a lot of people are feeling a lack of purpose and ritual in their life because of it. And there are ways to still have those. So if you're feeling like a lack of direction or a lack of connection, like the best thing I can advise you to do is like sit down with a pen and paper and start some sort of practice, like write down things that are, that are priorities to you and figure out like your top three and like start making practices out of those things. So like if your top three priorities are to stay healthy, um, to be happier and to like advance in your job, then like, you know, make sure to work out every day, make sure to journal gratitude and do some more continuing education for your, for your work, like find mm-hmm. ways to ritualize those goals because we don't have the community rituals right now. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know that was a long tangent. <laughs> I went from like business no. to personal. <laughs> well, and it probably but, felt weird because, um, one thing I noticed when listening to our episodes is that I constantly cut you off. So that's why I was like, <laughs> this episode in particular, I'm really trying to like hold my thoughts until there's an appropriate time. <laughs> uh, and I do want to add the caveat that I just get really excited and I talk over people in my daily life. <laughs> it's not that I think I'm better than other people. It's just that like, oh, so I'm trying to like be an active participant and like just listen. And be like, I'm free to listen, Allie, shut up. So that's probably why Allison felt so overwhelmed because she was like, wow, Allie didn't interrupt for like a whole seven minutes of talking. <laughs> And I don't know what to do now. I don't know what to say. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, But I think all of those are really, really great points. Um, And I, to kind of bounce off of that, I want to include that 
uh, this is a very challenging time for everybody right now and always, um, in my opinion. And that I want to continue to use this platform to normalize getting help, mental health help if you need it. Uh, I'm actually really excited. I'm starting through, so through work, we have something called the Employee Assistance Program, which is basically like you get a certain amount of counseling sessions for free. And I've used it before for in-person therapy. And because of the wedding and co stressing out about COVID-19 um, and Cody being gone so much for work and being concerned about him, I've just kind of been feeling down. I was like, I think it's time maybe to switch up some of my meds uh, mm -hmm. as well as to continue to start counseling again. And through my work personally, they've... Uh, covered using Talkspace, which is also like betterhelp.com. So it's like yeah. online counseling, uh, which my best friend, Anna, is actually a counselor. And she's saying that a lot of a lot of counselees counseling is moving towards this kind of online demographic, which she said wasn't necessarily accepted for a long time in the community. Mm -hmm. But now because of COVID-19, it's like, hey, this is what we have to do. And she thinks that counseling is going to look a lot different and be a lot more accessible for people. Excuse absolutely me. and i think that that's great so um i will be very i'm very transparent as a person in general but i would i want to be transparent with my like talk space experience um i actually just got an email that i have to reschedule my first appointment which was supposed to be tomorrow which is fine um, <laughs> it, it, but it's really nice because being you know i listen to a podcast that sponsors better help uh, and they were saying like depression doesn't come on Thursdays, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're, when your counseling appointment is, it happens all the time. And a lot of these resources have 24 hour, you can text your therapist at four in the morning when I'm at work, <laughs> you know, yeah. when normal people are asleep, or if you have a mental health issue and can't sleep, those are things that you can <laughs> discuss and with them. One thing so. I want to add to that is like, uh, you know, some of the doctors that I work with for social media, like do telemedicine and but also, I don't know if this is the case with counseling, but with like traditional medicine, it was such an issue to offer telemedicine because a lot of states require that a doctor um, needs to see a patient in person first, and then they're allowed to consult with them over the phone. It's a HIPAA law, I think, um, but I think it's a state law. Um, actually, one of my doctors is based in Phoenix, so I know <laughs> mostly the laws there, mm -hmm. um, but recently um a lot of those laws have been lifted because of covid um and so like now uh, at least for my doctor that's based here or he's a nurse practitioner that's based here and um he has actually been basically given like temporary autonomy just like as if he were a doctor and by the way nurse practitioners are totally going to get autonomy like within the next few years I'm uh, arizona actually has um is the only state where nurse practitioners can own their own practice yes. and work because yes. usually nurse practitioners have to work underneath the physician, which is interesting because um, there are many master's programs right now where you could be a nurse practitioner, but the general consensus is that you need to be get, get a DNP or a doctorate of nursing practice. Yeah. So when you meet, a, if you go see an NP, there, chances are they're probably Dr. So-and-so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. As someone who was, um, I'm, I'm stuck between an uh, NP and PhD school. Ooh. Like getting my, my PhD or getting my NP, right. my DNP, excuse me. And yeah. um, I think I'm going to do the more researchy stuff, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, Clearly, I like it. <laughs> but I was going to say, like, because COVID hit, like, telemedicine in all areas is starting to be more accessible because, yes. like, 
basically when you're a doctor too, you need to be licensed per state. So even if you're a doctor in Arizona, you can't like treat a patient in Texas necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of the states are- yeah, a lot of the states are lifting those bans now, which honestly makes sense. It's like telling someone that their driver's license is no longer valid in Oklahoma because it was issued in Texas. Like, it's it makes sense to me that, like, medical licenses should just be accepted nationally. Um, but for a long time, they hadn't. So I just wanted to put that out there. Like, mental health, yes, but, like, other health conditions. Other health, are, too. There are other doctors that – there are doctors that are awesome that have telemedicine practices now, too. So don't feel like you have to suffer with whatever you're dealing with yes. if it's not covid related (laughs) another kind of added caveat to that is that um i had a very positive telehealth experience i have like uh, something called seborrheic dermatitis it's basically really bad dandruff and i needed a refill for like the special strength dandruff shampoo it's hard it's horrible um it smells so bad but it works so good (laughs) and um I was able to call my PA. Like she gave me a phone call. I didn't have to go into the office, which is great because I didn't have to expose myself to mm-hmm. COVID-19. She gave me a call. I told her what I needed. She asked me some questions about my symptoms. I told her, she wrote me a prescription, sent it to my pharmacy and like, boom, it, that was it. It was exactly. awesome. Yeah. Um, and she is actually working from her home too. She's doing exclusively telemedicine. And I think that that's awesome. I think me that too. that's, especially because an in-person visit for me would have been like 20 bucks for a copay, but this was free. Oh, it was nice. covered by insurance yeah. um, because they're at home. You don't have to pay for them to be in the office and be exposed to X, Y, and Z. Uh, yep. it, it really makes a lot of sense. That being said, I also want to say that if you're having a health issue or crisis, don't avoid going to the emergency <laughs> room or to seek help because you don't want to get sick because... Um, PCH actually released that as we've had some people that are like, oh, you know, so-and-so was having issues with this. You know, my kid was having arm pain a week ago from a fall, but we didn't want to go to the ER because, um, cause a lot of urgent cares don't have x-rays. Um, yeah. They're like, we didn't want to go to the ER cause we didn't want to get exposed to COVID. And now the kid has a bone infection and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, don't we take precautions. Yeah. Like hospitals are probably some of the cleanest places you could be right now. 1000%. I tell people all the time. I'm like, I'm one of the best people to be around because all my patients are COVID negative because we pit yeah. test all of our patients unless you go to the COVID floor. Um, I always wear a mask. All my patients wear masks. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's always clean. We are mandated to clean everything. <laughs> Come on yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. So it, Anyway, I, I also wanted to put that caveat out there. It's like, yes, if we have one problem, like for example, my I knew I had this thing and I just needed a refill or, you know, you want to get counseling online because you don't want to see a counselor in person, whatever the case may be, I am 1000%. I am an advocate for telemedicine, but I also am an advocate for taking care of yourself. Yeah. So also stop going to the ER to get COVID tested. <laughs> if you're not yeah, actively drive throughs <laughs> go to the drive throughs if you need to get COVID tested, unless you're having severe issues like shortness of breath or a fever over 104, things like that, then go to the emergency room. Just don't be dumb. Like, just but don't walk in and be like, my cousin so-and-so yeah. had COVID-19. And this morning I had a little sniffle. Now I need to get tested because you're taking, you're taking that away from other people who need the emergency care. Right. So, uh, there's my caveat on that. So let's talk about event planning. So here, uh, I'm currently in the process of planning a wedding in October. For those of you that are wondering, uh, it is still happening. We decided to cut our guest list. So our venue in Arizona, the way it works is basically all venues that have more than 50 people are closed until 
you can, there is a two week decrease of COVID-19 cases, which I don't know if you guys have watched news lately, but that ain't happening anytime soon <laughs> in Arizona. So Cody and I made the tough decision to say, okay, we're not going to do this. Like we're, <laughs> we're not. Allie called me crying last weekend. and was like, I'm calling to uninvite you to my wedding. <laughs> I, just, I so badly wanted to be like, bitch, don't be dramatic. I get it. It's COVID. <laughs> yeah, no, literally I, I call everyone crying about it. I think I, I cry about this wedding more than I'm happy about it. It's not <laughs> this wedding. I tell my mom every day, I'm like, this stopping fun. This is miserable. I hate it Right. because everybody has an opinion. And even if we were wedding planning sucks to begin with, because everybody has an opinion and everybody right. wants it this way and X, Y, and Z. And, oh, well, you should have spent more money on your flowers and your food wasn't that good. And blah, 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 blah. And everybody has an opinion. And so now I'm saying, okay, I'm eliminating our guest list went from about 150 to 160 people to 22. Mm -hmm. um, we eliminated all, ex all travel except for immediate family. So, um, because we didn't want to have Texas germs mingling with X and Y and Z germs. And that's mainly because we want my grandma to be there. My grandma's yeah. the only living grandparent out of the two of us. And she's mm -hmm. 82 years old. <laughs> she's, yeah. or she's going to be 81 in October. So like, you know, and, and she has some comorbidities and she's overall in great health and, and is awesome. And I love my grandma, but you know, we, we want to protect her as well as yeah. other people because healthy people are getting sick too. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a decision we decided to make. We also moved to the venue. It's actually going to be in my parents' backyard, which is going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a beautiful backyard. It's be wedding. Tight. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be wonderful. We're going to live stream it. These are some options that we're doing. Maybe we'll live stream it on the all is on podcast. Oh my gosh. That would be so funny. We should do that. Uh, I have donate to our Patreon. <laughs> we don't even have a Patreon. Donate to our Patreon. Donate to her wedding and we'll start a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you donate to my wedding, um, Patreon. Yeah. That's, I was going to say that's good. We should have oh, a yeah. Patreon before we start selling Patreon. We, we have to see, we have to see what happens. <laughs> like <laughs> my mom keeps asking, she's like, what happens if this podcast gets huge? What are you going to do? And I was like, mom, I can't even think about that. And I brought that up with someone at work because if this ends up becoming like a full-time thing you know I'm gonna have to cut back my hours and the girl at work goes get famous make a shit ton of money and then donate it to the pick you <laughs> <laughs> I was like fuck yeah I'm Let's gonna do, do that <laughs> also she's probably she got the links to listen so if she listens Jody I love you you're amazing <laughs> thank you thanks for Jody. being my nurse mentor <laughs> you're great <laughs> um but yeah, so those are just some of the things that we're doing. Uh, and that's kind of what's happening in Arizona. My uh, future sister-in-law was supposed to get married in August. Um, and, but they've made it so it is mandated in public that you have to be six feet from everyone and have to wear a mask. Um, mm -hmm. And she was like, I, I don't vision, envision that in my wedding, yeah. everyone being far apart and no one can hug and no pictures and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that I totally understand. So they're postponing their wedding to April, which I think is a wonderful idea. And I fully support. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that was the best decision for them. Cody yeah. and I are very excited about our date, not only because our date is Halloween. I'm just, I'm triangulating everything, I guess. <laughs> you guys don't know where I live. It's fine. <laughs> if you show up, we'll just tell you to go away. Um, so we're getting married on Halloween, which is the day before our four-year anniversary. We started dating on November 1st. So that's why that date's really important to us. It's a whole weekend. Mm -hmm. We both love Halloween. We both love fall. It just means a lot to us. Right. And so I, I didn't want to personally want to postpone because it's on a Saturday. A lot of people have already changed their plans. Mm -hmm. 
And also, I don't want to deal with this bullshit in a year or two. I don't. Yeah, that was the main thing that I was like, I understand because like, I understand wanting to wait, but I also understand like your, your point that you made to me was like, we don't know when COVID's going away. So if our excuse to keep postponing is COVID, then like we could keep postponing it for like years. Yes. And that's just and not that, worth it. And that's something I want to stress. I, I wrote it in here. Also, COVID isn't going away. So yeah. Because <laughs> it's not. Um, like, just like I mentioned earlier, people are like, remember when we were going to be quarantined for a month? I was like, no, we're not. This yeah. is, we will be social distancing and wearing masks at least until we get a vaccine. And people might still wear masks for the rest of their lives. That's insane. Our world is completely different now. Fucking insane. I remember like when all of the stuff was happening on the news and I was in Phoenix, like waiting to catch the my flight the next day. And my mom was like, What the fuck is happening? And I was in this like group text with some of uh my friends and they were like talking about how they hadn't left their house in weeks and like all this shit. And I was like, Everyone's a pussy. Like I was (laughs) I was one of the last people to like actually take it seriously because I was like, Everyone's being a pussy, everyone's freaking out and like Seeing it now, I mean, I was kidding when I said that, but seeing it now, I also couldn't have predicted that it was going to be this much. And yes, the optimist mm-hmm. in me is like, okay, look at New York already. Like New York didn't really have a chance to quarantine before it hit them hard. So mm-hmm. my only hope with this is that because us Southern states were kind of dumb and like opened up corn or oh yeah released quarantine before we really had a big wave come through because that's this is our first happened. wave that's a, yeah that's essentially what happened right is like we quarantined early for where it was in our states and then we unquarantined early so then we got our true first wave now because mm-hmm. you look at the numbers in new york new york is opening um but they're not, then they're had they're issuing a fuck ton of tests but they're not having the increase in positive cases like like mm-hmm. Florida and Texas and Arizona because it's gone through the state so much already. Mm-hmm. So my only hope is that like we were dumb, we opened up, people are going to keep being dumb, they're going to keep getting sick, but my hope is that it spreads through the population as fast as it did in New York and we just kind of get to that point where like okay, at least there's somewhat of a herd immunity within the next few months like we saw in New York. Um, Tentatively, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, New York still isn't having gatherings of more than 50 people. So that's right. why, and, and Dr. Fauci and a lot of scientists are saying, hey, we're also probably going to have a second and a third and a fourth wave. Right. Um, there's been a lot of success with treatments that I will get into next episode because mm-hmm. uh, that's just way too much to talk about right now. Yeah. Uh, but there is some hope on the horizon. And right. I am, I, I personally won't be doing anything in a group more than about 30 people uh, until there's a vaccine in which yeah. people probably still won't get, but it's fine. Exactly. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, the other thing. It's like, you know, we'll talk about that politics. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So if you're planning a big event, wedding, baby shower, what are some other big events? Uh, those are the two I had written down. Yeah, holiday. I mean, the one that I think hit, hit my family. I mean, my brother's getting married in September, and they're still tentatively like keeping it as is right now. Oh, really? Um, which like for them, they originally fucking his his fiance just has a huge ass family. So like, and she's from a small town, so it feels like the entire town is their family. Mm-hmm. Um, so they literally had like almost 400 people on their original guest list. They did cut it, <laughs> um, but they're still like a larger than like 
not a huge guest list, but probably larger than is advisable at this time. I was like a um, hundred. I thought 150 people was ridiculous. I think there's still around 250 on their guest list. Holy shit. Um, like go TJ and his fiance. That's awesome. Yeah. But I mean, but, that's them, you know, they're fully oh. prepared to make a, a last minute game decision to cut it. Uh, mm-hmm. They just wanted to see how the numbers in Texas play out a little bit more, um, especially Let's, since like small town, Texas still hasn't really been hit that hard and we're doing it in a small town. So um, that's what scares me though, is small town, Texas doesn't have the resources that big town, Texas does, exactly. which is why um, like the Navajo nation in Arizona is getting hit so fucking hard because yeah. there was just no resources, no resources. Yeah. Uh, which has to do with lack of resources from the beginning not just from COVID-19 which right. is systemic racism and blah 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 yep. not blah 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 very serious issues but we don't have time listen to her so. listen to our Juneteenth episode <laughs> which focused mainly on black Americans but yes but it affects all minorities in different ways indeed all all people of color yeah so um so I guess uh what was I gonna say I don't know have people been one thing that I've found so I I have a couple like recommendations for people that are planning um Yes. An event that I have uh, written down here, a couple things we've already talked about. But one thing that I'm stressing with, and Cody brought this down to me being a terrible people pleaser, <laughs> is that uh, I just want to make, I just want to make everybody happy and do the best right. that I can. But literally some people are completely understanding. Other people are total shitheads. Yeah. Other people are like, the virus isn't even real. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. You know, just don't get tested and and it's not going to be a big deal. Like, why can't we come to your wedding? You know, all of this stuff. And then other people are like, why aren't you postponing it? Like if you want to have this big wedding that you've been dreaming about for so long, why aren't you postponing it? And it's, I personally, which a lot of brides are choosing to postpone it or are choosing to elope and then have a big party later. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, this has been so stressful for me. I don't want to get elope and then in two years go through the stress again. Yeah. that's just something I don't want to do. And Mm -hmm. and my parents actually had before my parents got obviously got married before (laughs) COVID-19, obviously. uh, And they actually eloped and didn't tell anyone. And then the plan was to have a big ceremony later. Mm -hmm. And then it just didn't happen. So my parents eloped, they got married at the courthouse for 50 bucks. (laughs) My my mom wore a t-shirt. Oh my gosh. They have a really beautiful picture of the two of them. That's they're just chilling. They got married. Oh my gosh. That was it. And um, they totally wanted their parents move. That's so funny. <laughs> and they've been married 20, the, they, they've been married two years when they had me. So, and I'm 24. So 26 years. 26 years. years. Yeah. They've been married 26 years and they're it's pretty solid. <laughs> happy, happy, happy. Uh, it occurred to me that my parents, so Cody and I have been together almost four years mm-hmm. and in the time, cause my parents dated for two years and then had me. Yeah. So you would have dated already for had two years, you. then got married for two years. I told Cody, I was like, if we were my parents, we already would have had a kid. And he was like, Holy shit. Stop talking about that. <laughs> I was like, Oh my like, God. No. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Everyone's like, Oh yeah, you can have babies soon. I'm like, first of all, it's none of your goddamn business when we're right. And two, now I'm too selfish to be a parent right now. <laughs> I am too freaking selfish. Are you kidding me? Right. Oh. I literally have a podcast where I talk about myself. <laughs> like, I can't freaking child oh my gosh like the cats the cats are too much so. <laughs> so action item that i would like to add is like 
uh, you know, if you are dealing with something like this right now, mm-hmm. like, and this is exactly what I told Allie when she called me and was so upset about having to move her wedding, which like fully understandable, like at the end of the day, it is your event. So like yes. whether you're making the decision to postpone or to have it, you're not going to please everyone. Mm-hmm. And And, you know, people always say like the wedding isn't for you. It's for the people in your life. Like, fuck that. Like I am fully on board with like, maybe that's how weddings used to be when they were like power moves and making sure you kept money in your family. But (laughs) now it's when you sold your property. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. When your dad gave you away to your, to the guy down the street, cause he had a lot of goats like that. Exactly. That was when the wedding was not for you. You wore a veil. So the husband didn't, that your future husband didn't see how ugly you were. Yeah, exactly. Now we have makeup for that shit. We are advanced. Yeah, bitch. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, you know, feel free to reach out to us, especially, I don't want to like volunteer Allie, but she's the one who's going through wedding stuff right now. I'm also a very good listener. <laughs> if you know, if you uh, know Allison is, I out. cried in a Joann's to her <laughs> a couple days ago. Because it does. I mean, I, Yesterday when we made our tentative outline was the first time I had been excited about this wedding in probably a month. Yeah. I I haven't been, I've been miserable because, you know, telling people they're uninvited, which most people have been really, really understanding. And I mean, Mm -hmm. Allison, for those of you that don't know, was a bridesmaid, is a bridesmaid. Um, And so when I told her, because we basically just limited no out of town guests except for immediate family. And when I told her that, like, I already bought her like bridesmaids gifts for the day of and all this stuff. And so I'm, I'm just sad, obviously, that like people can't be there, the people I always imagined. But my other best friend who was a bridesmaid who's not coming got married in June. And I mm-hmm. talked to her for like an hour a couple of days ago. And she's like, Allie, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. That, she was like, it was the best day of my life. And yeah. it was just immediate family. She's like, we didn't dance. We didn't have a first dance except in our hotel room. Yeah. She was like, we cut the cake. And then everybody went home. My, one of my brothers wasn't even there. And she was like, it was still the best day of my life. And um, Allie, period. I would just like to tell you, you can still give me that bridesmaid's gift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to. My my plan is to ship you and Anna like a little care package with like the oh stuff my I was going to give you day of. And then like FaceTime you in as I'm getting ready. And then obviously there's going to be a live stream. Oh my gosh. So, I totally interrupted sorry. what you were Ta- about to say. But <laughs> no. no, 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 that's important. Um, So I know I'm talking a lot about myself here, but I just kind of wanted to go through talk about my experience and say, if you are planning a big event, like my friend's having a baby and like, she has to do like an online baby shower. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of really good options for that because there's like registries and stuff, which personally, my opinion on wedding registries for myself and Cody is like, I think the registry is a great idea if you're getting married right out of college and like you've never lived on your own and you don't have your own stuff. But Cody and I have lived together for two years. We're running a house. We have pots and pans. We have three cats. Like everything on my wedding registry is just bullshit that I want. (laughs) I was going to say like- It's not even anything like super great. Yeah. Like my wedding registry, like if if I get married at some point, like my wedding registry is just probably going to be like, help me pay for this fucking badass like honeymoon. (laughs) Well, that's that's what I wanted was- Quote, yeah. I have on my, like, I, I use Zola personally, sponsor mm. Zola. Um, <laughs> a lot of, I got it from a podcast. That's why I use Zola. Yes. Um, 
they have like a honeymoon or like an adventure fund. And that's what I really wanted from the get go before mm-hmm. COVID-19, before anything. I was like, I don't want more shit for our house. Like yeah. Cody and I are already kind of hoarders. We don't need <laughs> more stuff. Right. So I was like, don't give me more stuff. And my dad brought up a good point. Like our pots and pans are hand-me-downs. They're kind of shit, but you know what? They work. I'm like, right. I don't really want new sh- stuff. You know, I'd rather people say, okay, we're not going to spend you know, $50 on this pan, but here's 25 bucks. And that goes towards like an adventure or something. Totally. Or towards our new house or a new car mm-hmm. or whatever, a little bit more practical things. So, um, there's a lot of re- like online registry options. So if you're having a baby shower or something like that, that's great. A lot of people are doing like zoom baby showers. I was talking to someone that she was like, sorry, I'm late. I just got off a zoom baby shower Zoom baby shower <laughs> and i was like oh how was that she was like it was terrible everybody <laughs> was not on mute so it was like 60 people trying to talk at once no. i was like oh, that sounds horrible yeah it's like nope um, my bad. live stream service um for when we live stream the ceremony is actually cool there's no talking but you can like <laughs> mess like you can like message and say like oh my god this is so great or whatever right. you know kind of like a facebook live yeah. Um, as it should be, guests should not speak. <laughs> yeah. And, and even with that, I'm still having no phones at my ceremony. There was going to be no phones at my ceremony when it was 150 people and there's no phones with 20 people. So nice. Um, here's some other things that you could do. You can cut the guest list uh, based on what you're most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it in a public place that says no more than 50 people, or if they're not open, you know, you have to follow their guidelines and the state guidelines. Uh, if I feel like if you're doing it in a backyard on your own private property, I think things change a little bit. Um, cause it's your own private property. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that's what we did. We cut the guest list, but we started live streaming it. Um, we also personally are making everybody, we're going to space out the tables. We're going to keep households together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so instead of having a table that seats eight people or squeezing 10 people at a 72 inch round, we're going to have like, one cocktail size table for two people that live in the same house. Right. Um, One thing I wanted to point out too, is like, if you are, you know, and this is something that uh, my boyfriend, Alex said, he was actually really sad to find out that we weren't going (laughs) to your wedding. He's like, I want you guys to still come. I just don't think that you should come in October. I think you guys should, I'm trying to convince, tell everyone, tell Allison she needs to come for new year's or something. I was like, that'll be really fun. And I don't work. So, right. Um, But so, so what he was saying when I first told him, he was like, well, shouldn't, he was like, he was like, I don't understand why people are like, you know, cutting their events like this. Like, isn't it on the attendees to make the decision for themselves, whether they want to risk, you know, risk the disease. And I was like, yeah, to a certain extent it is. So like, if you're in the position where you are possibly coordinating or attending an event, like people are just, people are taking offense in, in too many different ways right now. And I just wanted to clarify, like if you're coordinating an event and you don't want to feel guilty, if someone gets sick at your event, you are totally justified in cutting it to where you're comfortable. And that's, and that's side, where I'm at. Yeah. Personally. And on the flip side, if you are attending an event, you are fully in your capacity to tell the person I will or will not go based on like how safe you feel at that place. Mm-hmm. And if someone gets mad at you, then fucking tough like you know at the end of the day you need to do what you feel is best for you so like yes if you choose to have an in-person event like tell your guests i want you to exercise your best judgment here like please be aware please travel safe please do you know no hard feelings if you can't make it because i totally respect your choice to stay home 100 percent. you know I, I had a conversation with my grandma and she goes you know i'm so 
I'm so excited. I lived this long to be able to see it, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to go. I don't know if I'm going to feel comfortable. And I was like, right. that's okay, grandma. You can live stream it, whatever you feel comfortable with, yeah. which we're taking all of these measures for everyone, but I'm doing almost everything with my grandmother in mind. Cause my grandmother is the eldest, like the person most at risk uh, right. to get very sick from COVID-19. Right. And I don't, I, I would never be able to, this is cause Cody at first was kind of the same way. Alex felt like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, like if they're putting themselves at risk and I was like, yeah, but what if, you know, what if something happens and your, one of your parents gets sick or one exactly. some, somebody gets sick and then they die? I mean, yeah. oh my God, I would, I was like, Cody, that day would be ruined. We right. would, I would never forgive myself. Right. Um, even though like, even deep though down, they're accepting there. the risk. Right. Yes. Right. But you can't just be like, well, it's their fault. You know, right. there needs to be. If, if you remotely care about somebody, I would hope that you wouldn't be like, oh, well, fuck them. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I get it. Um, so make everyone social distance and wear masks. Uh, that's what we're planning on doing. We're actually having masks made for our attendees. Uh, my mom be... up. She has made dozens of them. <laughs> I actually, I hired someone from Phoenix. She's doing okay. it really cheap. And we bought Sorry. all the fabric. It's going to be Nightmare Before Christmas. It's going to be very cute. That, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going to be wearing on Halloween. We're spooky people. It's not Jack and Sally. It's Cody and Allie, but it's fine. Um, and just like you said, encourage attendance to be optional and like uh, know your own risk. Something that makes me laugh is when people are like, you know, like I went to the hair salon and they took my temperature. Yeah. And it made me laugh because I'm like, if you're asymptomatic, if you're an asymptomatic caregiver for four to six days, anything. you're not going to have a fever. Yeah. And I would like to believe that if you feel sick, you're going to stay home. And like, when you have a fever, you know, you right. feel like garbage. So <laughs> whatever. That's my personal opinion. I personally will not be taking people's temperatures at my wedding, mm-hmm. but if they do feel sick, I'm going to tell them, sorry, you can live stream it. Like that's yeah. that. Um, protect the older and generations and vulnerable populations live stream if it's an option for you. Um, and then something my, uh, one of my bridesmaids actually sent me was like, have a wristband station. Uh, and then if you have a green wristband on, that means you're okay with hugs. You're okay with being close. Like, you know, you don't think you're at risk, whatever. Yellow means like you can elbow bump or like, you know, talk within a close range, maybe with the mask on. And then red is like, don't touch me, you know, stay close, far away. I want to be here for this person, but I don't want to get sick. And That's I like really that smart. because yeah. then you can eliminate that awkward, like, Hey, you know, I love you, but like, I can't hug you. Right. Sorry, you know, it, it, it like, uh, it, elim- it eliminates that. So I yeah. plan on having that even for like the 22 people I'm having. Totally. Um, and that's basically the ideas I had. That's kind of what I'm doing. I would love to hear what other COVID brides and COVID event planners are doing. I would love to hear what, um, if you guys have any recommendations, I want to hear your stories. I want to hear how beautiful your weddings were, even though the freaking stress was terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I want to hear too, like, other stories like people like what are new what new hobbies are you guys picking up like what yeah new, what have like, you started cool things to do? are you learning like mm-hmm. have you read some cool books highly recommend the broken earth trilogy it's fucking insane that's the fantasy book i've been reading it's like sci-fi fantasy so good um Ooh, i've been but, cooking a lot i rewatched yeah. the entire great british baking series now <laughs> i've been For cooking reference, a lot I, Allie in my head is always watching this show because that was the show she was obsessed with when we went to Ireland together. And that was like the longest amount of time we spent together, even though that was like two years ago. But oh man, that was so funny. I literally was like, I had it on all, I felt kind of bad for Allison, but so 
I'm sure most people know that Netflix is different in every country. Yes. And so our Netflix had collection like season four on, but um, the British and Eng- the I, like the, the European, yeah, the European Netflix had all fucking episodes. I was like, oh my God, there's four seasons I haven't seen. <laughs> and so like anytime I was getting ready, anytime before bed, anytime I wasn't interacting with anyone, I was fucking watching it because I was like, <laughs> I need to know what happened because of the, American, so the American versions. And like, I'm sure I, if, if anyone knows how to watch the first, I only watched the first season. So there's still three seasons I'm missing. So if you know it, it's not on PBS. I've already looked. If you have <laughs> any way of getting it without spending a shit ton of money, like tell me. I love you forever. Cause I literally just rewatch them. Cause they make me so happy. Like it's aesthetically pleasing and they have wonderful accents and like they cry over cake and they watch their ovens. And I just love everything about the great British. Bacon it's like show. the most British game show ever. Cause they're so polite. They're so polite and they're so funny. They laugh about the funniest shit and it's just, Oh, I love the Great British Baking Show. It's my favorite. So I've been baking a lot. <laughs> I'm actually going to try to make a homemade angel food cake after this. Um, oh my gosh, that sounds I'm, good. I'm really nervous about because I tried it a couple days ago and it was an utter flop. So oh. we're going to try again. <laughs> um, but I've personally been baking and playing Animal Crossing. Those are my two new things from quarantine. <laughs> it my, needs to be like exercise and mindfulness. And I'm like, no, it's eating crap and playing crap. Thanks. Uh, my, uh, my comedian friend, he's one of my best friends. His name is Mike Eaton. Um, he's the Mike Eaton on Instagram. And he makes the joke that his last name is Eaton because he's fat. Um, <laughs> he's eating a his lot. Joke, his joke, not mine. Um, but he started doing one of his roommates got animal crossing and mike was like i don't understand why people are obsessed with this show or with this game and so he started like narrating his friend playing animal crossing and it's the funniest thing i've ever seen like because it, it really is kind of like a boring concept when you look at it it's, it's such a boring <laughs> but it is the only game i've ever gotten into like, i'm yeah. not i'm not a big minus mario kart on the wii yeah um, and super smash bros in a group <laughs> Uh, every other game I just don't care about like I've tried really hard and I just don't care but Animal Crossing every day I come on and I'm like all right I gotta go fossil hunting I need to water my flowers (laughs) I need to sell things I need to find bugs like and then like before you know it four hours have passed and I'm like oh my god <laughs> well, last thing I want to say around the weddings is uh, one of my best friends, Hannah, she did get married yesterday and I was supposed to be in that wedding as well. And uh, she's the one who on our online dating episode, I was like talking a lot about how her story was similar to Allie's um, and like how she met her guy. And they're just, they're both like marrying men that are like so perfect for them. And it makes me very happy. Um, and she live streamed it and I cried my eyes out. <laughs> so I, I was sad because I didn't get to be there with her on her special day, but she also just looks so beautiful and happy. And her dad fucking sang like an opera star. I had no idea. Oh, he sang so for their ceremony and it was beautiful. And I was like, what the fuck? So anyway, shout out to Hannah. I don't know that she listens to this podcast, but congratulations to you and Harrison. Uh, Aww, yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's our talk on, um, kind of the intro to COVID-19 and how to kind of deal with it as a normal person. Um, If you want to reach out to us and tell us what you're doing during quarantine, or if you have any questions for us or Or you want to 
podcast recommendations. I have been listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, the well, one I like recently got into. For us, <laughs> for us to oh, do. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you meant like, oh, yeah, podcast recommendations. I was like, that's another thing I've been doing in quarantine, listening to a lot of podcasts, <laughs> including our own, which makes me feel a lot of feelings about myself. So, um, Ellie texts me and apologizes every time she listens to an episode. I'm like, dude. <laughs> I'm literally like, I fucking hate myself. And oh, like, my God. I, I made a podcast where I have to listen. I The Juneteenth episode is so good but I cut you off so much I had to stop <laughs> listening to it I was like it's I I can't do it and all my friends are like that was a great episode like you guys talked about really important things and like you really have a great platform here and I was like I don't know I got I, I couldn't do it I was so excited and so passionate I was like I can't we're working on the self-love part with Allie still <laughs> I can't do it. So tailing on what she was starting to say was if you want to get in touch with us, you can DM us on Instagram at Allison podcast. Indeed. You can tweet us at Allison underscore podcast, and you can email us at Allison podcast at gmail.com. We also um, have a Facebook because Instagram made us and that's all is on podcast. Yep. Uh, yeah. All dot is dot on dot podcast. Uh, and then I'm at Aliwo and Ali is at Tombsinator on our personal Instagram. Follow me. I'm thirsty. Hell yeah. Also, I definitely tweeted something that was really lame and probably not funny today, but I was like, this is how you hashtag repurpose content. And I literally turned it into an Instagram post and I was like, hell yeah, this is my main job is (laughs) fucking designing people's Instagrams and I'm fucking this one up already. And it was like, I literally tweeted, I (laughs) thought... I thought about this in the morning too. Like I wasn't even on drugs. I just literally was like, um, I was like, I'm going to start yelling hot tomato when I throw stuff at people to see who's going to call me out for being wrong. Like, let's just see how I long just didn't it under- I didn't understand it. You posted it. I was like, I don't understand. Because you, you yell hot potato when, when you throw something to someone, you're like hot potato and you throw it, but hot tomato is just like oh. a dumb play on words. See, and I'm an idiot, and it made me think of when um, Aang and Avatar The Last Airbender, they enter the Fire Nation, and he goes, Flamio Hotman, everywhere he goes. <laughs> so anyway, that's where my brain is. Normal people are like, yeah, Avatar Allison. The Airbender. <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender, get it? Sorry, Fucking I know. Right. I fucked it up, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, well, talk about us. Tell your friends. <laughs> Share the podcast if you like it. And if you don't, just please be nice in the reviews. Um, um, Allison will read the mean ones because I will die if I read them. Yeah. Don't only send hate mail to me. Um, <laughs> Allison will make it a joke. Yeah. She'll just respond with bet. <laughs> I will. That's probably what will happen. We're on Google Podcasts now. Apple's still being a bitch, but we're on um, Google and Spotify and all of the other ones, which you Yay. already know because you're listening to us. So, um, thank you. And we will be back with a more serious episode on COVID more into the sciencey stuff next time. Um, we really appreciate you guys, everyone remember you're Allison and, uh, we love you. We love you. Stay safe. Bye.